listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. tonight. Come on, put your hand on your heart. We're going to pray for you tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you are the best thing that's ever happened to us. And God, you didn't just happen. God, you continue to happen each and every day. And God, we just want you to happen right now in our lives, to touch us, to change us, to help us, to build us, to renew us, to bless us in every way. We'll give you all the praise. We'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen in the house. Come on, high five someone around you and say, you asked for it. You asked for it. I should have said slap someone around you and say you asked for it, huh? Wow. I love this series. This is the third year that we've been doing this series, and we're going to try and make it something that every year that we're going to do. I think it's really great. And in fact, some people may look and say, well, I just don't like it. I don't think people should tell you how to preach. Well, look at the life of Jesus. If you were to look at when he was here on this earth, a lot of the stories and the messages he preached was in relationship to the questions that people asked him. He used parables and and stories to illustrate those kind of things. And and it's no shock to me that really the top list is the same every year. So we're coming back with almost the same messages, not meaning we're re-preaching them, but it's the same subjects every year. And one of the top ones that you asked for was, how do I break free from insecurity? How do I deal with insecurity? And that's what I want to talk about tonight. You need to be back Sunday. We're talking about end times, end times on Sunday. Luke told me he's going to be front row for both services. He said, Dad, I love that subject. I want to hear it. But this is a great series. You asked for it. So breaking free from insecurity. In the past, I've labeled insecurity as this, the invisible prison. The invisible prison, because that's really what insecurity is. It's a prison with no bars and walls, but yet it captivates people, it controls people, it manipulates people, it imprisons people. And what insecurity desires to do and its purpose is to hold you captive. And it affects us all. We can turn around and say, oh man, I don't deal with insecurities. But one thing I've discovered is this, the loudest person in the room And the person who sit in quiet in the corner all deal with insecurities. Because the loudest person oftentimes is speaking loud or shouting loud to mask the insecurities. Where the other person who's sitting in the corner quiet is dealing with those things. So insecurity is both outward and inwardly. And so it's something that we all deal with. And it's device. It's truly a device that Satan wants to use to bring about your demise. It wants to bring you down. So what we've got to do is we've got to learn not to accept it, but to isolate it. Literally meaning to insulate it. If you've ever touched a wire that is alive, you're going to get a good shock. But you know why you can hold a wire that's alive? Because it is coated or surrounded or shielded 
by rubber or a substance that will stop you getting a shock. We all deal with insecurities in our life, but we've got to learn to insulate, to isolate our life from the destruction and the damnation it wants to be for every one of us. How does insecurity start? Many times with just a thought, or maybe a word, or just an action that is done towards us. But that thought, that word, that action can, if we don't watch, can shape and form our whole entire life. So tonight I really want to break the message down into two parts. Number one, let's identify what insecurities are, how they affect us, how we have to deal with them. And then the second part is we're going to talk about how we can understand what the answer is, that the answer is in Jesus. And we're going to talk today about the victory that you can have in your life. So let's start with what is it? Here's a definition of insecurity. The dictionary says it's the lack of security. Well, that's pretty profound right there. But the second one is the lack of confidence and being unsure of oneself. I think the third definition is pretty interesting. Fearful and timid. All of those things want to produce instability in our life, bring an insecurity to our lives. And James tells us this, a double-minded man. If our thoughts are going both ways, the Bible says if we are double-minded, we're going to have instability in every aspect of our life. And there's nothing more that the enemy wants than to keep us in a state of limbo. That one minute we're in, one minute we're out, one minute we're trusting, and one minute we're not. Because he knows if he can get us thinking doubly, he can affect and impact not only our lives, but the lives of other people around us. As a parent, if we're allowing insecurity to rule, it's going to affect our marriage. It's going to affect our children. It's going to affect how we work. Come on, look at it in every aspect of your life. It doesn't just impact you, it impacts others. We've got to isolate it. We've got to insulate it. Realize it's there, but come on, it's not going to have the victory over our lives. So here's how insecurity presents itself many times. What could have been or what should have been. Doesn't it? It comes in and says, well, what could have been and what should have been telling you that you are really inadequate to who you need to be. I want to make this statement. Look at this. And by the way, you can follow on version the notes. Please make sure you're doing that. Every message is on your Bible app, and you can follow along so you don't even have to write notes. You can type the notes into my notes. You can add them, and it saves everything. It is really, really cool. But look at this statement. As a Christian... Come on, say with me, God's kid. Because that's what it is. I'm a Christian. I'm I'm God's kid. He's my father. I'm his child. Our lives should not be conditioned according to external factors, but rather by what we allow or carry on the inside of us. So as a Christian, my life shouldn't be governed by what happens in the news. My life shouldn't be governed by whether I've got money or not. Those things impact us, don't get me wrong. But we've got to watch that those things aren't controlling our lives. But yet, what needs to control our lives needs to be what we allow or what we carry on the inside of us. So out there, we have little or no control over. And we could preach a whole message about what we do have control of over there because we subject ourselves many times to the wrong things. 
And then we say, well, I don't control that. I don't control what comes into my mind. Well, hey, maybe you do because you control what goes into your eyes. So you've got to watch what you're looking and listening to because that can come back in thoughts in your mind, okay? But yet out there, we can say we have little or no control. But in here, we have the control over what we allow to stay. We're the ones that has the control. When the thoughts come, we can stop them. We can push them out. We have the control. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart... So he is, or the thought is, so we become. As I think inside of me, the core of my being, my heart, that what brings life to my whole body. As I think right there, so I am, or so I become. So if I feed on negativity and insecurity, guess what happens? I become that. If I feed on the good things, then I'll be that. Come on, Philippians 4 talks about whatsoever things are good, lovely, of a good report. Meditate, think on those things. Why? Because it's a pathway of blessing to your life because you become... what. Listen, the seed in the ground is going to produce the harvest that's going to come forth. So you put the right seeds in, the right harvest is going to come. So what we need to know is this. Let me say it again this way. Your life is not the sum total of the circumstances around you but what you allow to live inside of you through those circumstances. Still going to face troubles, but you can have the victory through the troubles. You you can still have sickness in your body, but you can still have a confidence that He's my healer despite what I'm going through in my life. So what does insecurity do? What What does it produce in us? I want to just give you five things tonight, and we could give you 20, 100 things. But let me just give you five things tonight. Are you ready? Insecurity constantly compares. Constantly compares. It has yourself comparing yourself against other people. And I wrote this. You're comparing yourself to someone else that you were never called to be. But it's the if-onlys. Have you ever played the if-only game? If only I was like them. If only I looked like them. If only I had a body like them. If only I had their life. I just want you to know something right now. Everything that glistens is not gold. Everything that has an appearance of, when you really go to it, it's not as it really is. Seems We can look at these sports stars, we can look at movie stars, singers, celebrities, we can look and say, wow, look at that, they've got the houses, they've got the riches, they've got the wealth, look a little bit closer, they're miserable, they're, they're addicted to drugs, their marriages are failing, they're having multiple affairs, they've got kids every which way, their lives are, they're wrecked, but yet they've got everything in the world says that should make them secure and happy, but they're not. They're broken. We've got to be careful that we're comparing ourselves to other, And that's what insecurity wants to do because we'll always be lacking when we start comparing ourselves to other people. Because yeah. what we see in others is this. We see the highlight reel. We, we see the good thing. We don't see the drop catches. We just see the highlight. Oh, man, look at their life. It's great. You don't see what goes on behind closed doors. And I heard this once, and I thought this was really cool. Are you ready? If I'm a big toe, my life belongs in a sock. If I am a big toe, my life belongs in a sock. Meaning what? I have something to offer just being me. If that's what God's called me to be, 
I need to be happy with that. I need to realize my place instead of stop trying to dream and fantasize about being somewhere else. That's an insecurity that will pull you down. Come on, enjoy your uniqueness. No one can ever be a better you than you. So insecurity will keep you comparing, looking, gauging yourself against other people. Number two, insecurity will remind you of the past. It will bring up... Our past may not always represent our greatest accomplishments. Anyone say amen to that? We're not the proudest of things that we've done in our past. And our insecurities will constantly remind us of that. They will label us as that's who you are. I'm I'm so thankful that God says that's not who you are because you're a new creation. You're a brand new man. The old is gone and you're stepping into a new future. But your insecurities tell you, oh, just you're going to get bad news and you're going to be right back there again. It's not going to take nothing because that's who you are. It keeps you living in the past. Philippians 3, 12 through 14 says, Paul writes these words, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold for those things which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I love that picture. He said, I'm grabbing for Jesus, but the reality is this, Jesus is grabbing for me too. Jesus wants to hold me too. And he says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Say with me, arrived. He says, I haven't arrived. But one thing I do while I'm arriving, he says, I've got to forget those things which are behind and I've got to reach forward to those things which are ahead. So I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What does he say? This one thing I must do. I've got to let go of the past. It's not easy, is it? Let's just be real. It's not easy. It's not easy to live with yourself because you know yourself. You know your problems. You know your struggles. And the enemy will constantly remind you of those things. But I'm telling you, you've got to refuse to look back, even if it's good in the past. Good or bad, you've got to refuse to look back so you can press on to the purpose of God. Because being able to let go means being able to move beyond the past. But your insecurity wants to hold you back and wants to keep you living back there. Number three, insecurity is unteachable and defensive. No, it's not. Yeah, right. There you go. We're unteachable. We get defensive. We we literally, it makes us feel that everyone is out to get us and everyone is out to attack us. And the purpose for that is what? To isolate you from other people. Proverbs 18 verse 1 reminds us of a great truth. A man or woman, whoever isolates themselves, seek their own desires. You know the problem that we have? The Bible speaks of this in James. The problem is when we go to our own desires... That sin is spawned, sin grows in our lives, and then those desires grow and will ultimately kill our lives. And that's what happens through isolation. We go to our own desires, our own fantasies, our own hopes and dreams, those insecurities that will pull us in those things. And then what happens? We rage against wise judgment. In other words, we make stupid decisions. Come on, I said we make stupid decisions and do the wrong things in life. And that's what insecurity wants to do. It wants to put us to a place that we're isolated so we're unable to learn from others. If we're unable to learn from others, we're going to face the same problems that they faced 
And we, don't, we wouldn't have to because they've already done it, so we can learn from them. But yet insecurity says, no, I can't learn from them. They're out to get me. I'm unteachable. This is my world. This is my life. Leave me alone. One thing I told our lead team last night was this. You can't work with an unteachable spirit. Someone who is unteachable, you cannot work with them. And I, I just want to go on the record as saying this. God can't even work with them. I didn't say God can't love them because he loves everyone. But God cannot work with a will that is not surrendered and yielded and given over to him. And that's an unteachable spirit. But insecurity will stop that in our lives. Number four, insecurity will block affirmation. In your life, you you won't hear the honor. You won't hear the praise that people are trying to give you. Or let me put it this way. You may hear it, but you're never going to take it. Because you're like going to say, yeah, they're only just saying that because. They don't really mean that. I'm not going to be fooled by that. Come on, have you ever thought that? That's the insecurity inside of you blocking the affirmation coming through. Am I identifying anyone's struggles tonight? Come on, are we, are we right where you're at? Because maybe you're too insecure to lift your hands at night, but that's okay. But that's the struggles that we're going through in our life. Because insecurity literally will cause us to see everything with a negative spin. Negative spin. I remember counseling, and Miss Nancy can testify to this. She was with me. We were counseling a young lady who um, used to come to the church. And she said these words. She said these words, I will never be free. I will never be free. I will never let go. I have built up walls, and I will never tear those walls down. Here's my question for her. Here's my question for you tonight. Is that God's promise for your life? I mean, really, is that God's promise? Is that what God died for you to have, that you would have walls and you would never tear them down? That's not God's promise. But you know what that is? That's the destruction of insecurity. Because we think, I've been hurt so many times, so let me build walls of protection. But remember what we talk about? Walls of protection from this side sure look like a prison to us. Because you will imprison yourself in your protection, and those walls will not only stop pain, but they will stop love and praise from coming through too. And I can tell you right now, are you ready? That person still ain't free today. And they are allowing insecurity to destroy every relationship and opportunity as God has brought through their life. So many opportunities, so many people, but yet that I will not, that blocking affirmation, allowing insecurity to control is destroying their whole life. Here's the last one tonight. Insecurity focuses on the safe. You may say, well, safe is safe. Yeah, it is, but if you're going to be safe, you're not living in faith. Well, that kind of rhymes. Because you can live in the safe zone or you can live in the faith zone. You see, I call the safe zone a nesting mentality. That we're fluffing up everything around us. We're making everything comfortable. Leave me alone. I'm complete. I'm happy. Everything's good. But that's not where God made us. God didn't make us to sit in a nest. God made us to soar like an eagle. God made us to fly. God made us to go to great heights in our lives. But people like it safe because they can control safe. They like to control what's happening and who's in their life. And they want to have all those. And you know what that does? That limits your life. You may think you're living. It's like a dog on a leash. You may think you've got a big yard. But the world is a lot bigger than the yard that you're in. 
And we're limiting ourselves because of insecurities and hurts and pains. And I could go on and on and on tonight and talk about what insecurity is and what it does. But I think every one of us can say tonight, insecurity is not good. It's limiting us. It's holding us back. So we can agree with that. And I'm not here to glorify those things. So here's the second part of the message. I want us tonight to look at how we can break free. Come on, say with me, break free. We're going to break free from those insecurities, those wrong mindsets, those wrong thoughts, those wrong actions, words of our life that are controlling us and pulling us down. And we're going to start in the Word of God. Ephesians 6 verse 12. The Bible says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. What does that mean? Our fight isn't the people that we believe are the cause of our problems and insecurities. For most of us, an insecurity can be labeled to someone. Well, it's their fault. My parents, my brother, my sister, my uncle, my boss, my ex-boyfriend, my husband. We can label it as it's their fault in my life. I'm telling you right now, it's not their fault. They're a tool that Satan has used. But what you need to realize is, as we read on, well, our fight isn't against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities. It's against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness that are in the heavenly places. We can look and say, well, that's a big list. It's the same thing. It's the same attack. It's Satan that is out to destroy us, but it's just identifying the different ways that he wants to attack us. Come on, spiritual powers are sent out against you to destroy you. We're in a spiritual battle. What we see happening in the news and everything that we see around us today, we may think, oh, it's the weather, oh, it's politics, it's this. It's a spiritual battle that we are in, and we've got to understand that. Now, I'm not talking about we look at devils and find things. in No, we find the balance with that, but recognize that it's a spiritual attack. So here's the first thing that we've got to understand to break free in our lives, and that is this. We've got to identify the source. It's the devil. It's not your husband and your brother. It's the devil that wants to attack your life. On Sunday, I said something like this. If the devil can't stop you from going to heaven, he'll at least make you ineffective while you are here on this earth. And that's his goal. He wants to mess with you, to rob you of the best that God has. And it's a spiritual fight. So if it's a spiritual fight, we cannot win with fleshly weapons. We can't beat this by posting stuff. We can't beat this by sitting on a couch with a counselor. And I believe in counseling. I believe in how you can't beat these things with medications all the time. There's some things you can, but it's a spiritual battle. The only way that we can beat these things is through God. It's through God. Come on, you could say amen for that one. That was pretty important. Romans 13, 11 through 14 says, and do this. I'm going to sit back and look and see what he tells me I need to do. I need to know the time. That now it is high time to awake out of sleep. I need to awake and realize I need to do so. I can't just bury my head in the sand and just expect things to change. The Bible says, for now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. In other words, the rapture, him coming back for his church, the salvation, the rescuing from this place is closer than it's ever been before. 
The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Therefore, what? Let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Put on the armor of God. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and in lust, not in strife and not in envy, but let us put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Number two, if we're going to break free, we've got to identify our answer. You've got to know your answer tonight. And you know what your answer is? We've got to put on the Lord. We've got to put on the armor of God. We've got to realize that when we step out each and every day, we're not stepping out alone. But we've got to make sure that we are clothed in God. We have got to realize in our minds, in our lives, and every part of a 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, We do not war according to the flesh. There it is again. The battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare. In other words, the weapons for your success. The Bible says they're not carnal. They're not fleshly. It's not a gun and a sword. But they are what? Mighty where? In God. You've got to be in God. The weapons that are success for my life, they are mighty in God. God is my answer each and every time. Our weapon, our success is to build our lives in God, living in God. Read Psalms 91 where you get home. What a promise for us that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my strength. A thousand may fall at my right hand and ten thousand, but it will not come nigh my dwelling place. Why? Because the Lord is my refuge and the strength. He will give His angels charge over me to lift me up. If I'm what? If I'm in Christ. But so many times we're in other people's worlds because that's what insecurity wants to take us. Away from Christ, away from our faith, away from our walk with God. And as we read on, it says this. He talks about the fact that what? They are mighty for the what? Pulling down of strongholds. Some of the greatest strongholds that you can have in your life is insecurities. And knowing who you are in Christ, knowing that He's your answer, you've got to pull down those strongholds. You've got to pull down that mind that wants to present itself and lock you, that invisible prison that wants to take you out. Come on, God pulls down the strongholds as you shelter in Him. He breaks the curse of sin as you trust in Him. And verse 5 says, we can cast down. Say with me, throw away. That's what it means. We can throw away arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Stop there. Cast down, throw away every argument and high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What's an argument? Come on, what causes an argument? Here it is simply, you ready? An argument is caused when two or more people disagree over something. That's an argument. For some of you, you may have an argument with yourself and 
well, you need some help with that, and we're praying for you. That's what's going on. But what I'm saying is it's a disagreement usually between two people over something or someone. Here's the third part of this message. Are you ready? You've got to identify who you are. You've got to know who you are. Come on, you've got to cast down, throw away every argument and everything that will exalt itself against the knowledge of God. I want to make this personal to you right now. You know what the knowledge of God is for your life? What God thinks of you. His thoughts towards you. That's what you've got to see tonight. You've got to cast aside everything that would tell you or present to you something different to who God thinks and says that you are in your life. You've got to throw away everything different to what God knows about you. Come on, we've got to throw away our opinion of who we are. Come on, we have a lot of opinions of who we are. Come on, we've got to watch how we speak to ourselves. Because that will always contradict what God thinks and knows about you. God knows how he made you. That's the knowledge that he has for your life. And we've got to throw aside everything that would contradict that or come against that. Come on, that's the argument. That's the disagreement. Why? Because our opinion will never line up with the knowledge of who he said he made you to be. Think how foolish it would be to argue with God. Really, I mean, think how foolish it would. You think you'll ever win an argument with God? You never will. Because you cannot disagree, or you can disagree all you want, but truth is still truth. And what a fool we are when we disagree with what God says that we really are. But yet insecurity keeps us doing that all the time. Well, God, you messed up when you made me. You should have done this. Hold on, that's not the knowledge of God for my life. Come on, I said, that's not the knowledge of God for my life. You've got to start playing this game, and you're going to have to start playing this game every day and maybe 10, 20 times a day. You've got to ask yourself, is that a truth or is that a lie? And I'm not talking about what do you think. I'm asking if you are sitting down with God right now, is that truth? or is it? So when you're tempted to say because of your insecurities, I'm a failure, ask yourself this, is that who God thinks I am? Is that a truth or is that a lie? It's a lie. So what do we do? We throw it aside because we've got to throw out everything that would what? Argue against, exalt itself against. Exalt means to elevate, to come up against. Come on, we've got to throw those things aside. Is it a truth or a lie? And it doesn't matter how you may feel. Your feelings will lie to you too, remember? Well, I feel like a failure. Well, that doesn't mean you are a failure. But you keep feeling it and thinking it and saying it long enough. That's exactly what you're going to become. Because that's what insecurity is. We're breaking free from those things tonight. Read on in verse 5. We've got to bring then every thought into captivity, to the obedience of Christ. I could preach a whole message on the obedience of Christ, but let me say it this way, the cross. His whole life was obedient for what purpose? To die for mankind, to be the spotless lamb, the sinless lamb that we can all be free in him today. So what do we do? We bring every thought that's wrong, we bring it captive because of the cross. We now have a victory in our minds that we could never have had before through what Jesus... So what does that mean? To bring something captive means we imprison those thoughts 
so those thoughts now can no longer imprison us. We captivate those. And we say, no, you ain't coming in here. We shut them down. We shut them down. Hey, have you ever thought about this? And I've used this analogy before. Have you ever sat down? Um, it used to be v- VHSs. Anyone remember the VHSs uh, and stuff like that? And, and, and then it's DVDs and all that. And now it's Netflix, I know. And, and it's just all these things. But have you ever sat down and, and just put on a movie and it was just absolutely pathetic and rubbish? And you're like sitting there and you're, you're waiting for it to get better and you're waiting for it to get better. And it just doesn't. And then you're kind of hanging in there, hanging in there, hanging in. And then two hours later, you're like looking and saying, wow, I just wasted two hours of my life on that. What is the deal? That was pathetic. That was ridiculous. Let me ask you this. How silly would it be the next night to sit back down, put that same movie on and expect something else? We wouldn't do that. But yet day after day, we replay the wrong thoughts We allow those to play in our mind where we have the remote control and we can change the channel. We can change the channel. That's why I love worship music. I listen to worship music so much. Why? Because worship changes the channel for me. It's just something. I I can pray and change the channel. I can read the word. I can be in a small group and change the channel. I can be in church. I can get the channel changed. Why? Because I've got to bring to captive to captivity those thoughts. Why? Because Christ has now given me the power to do that. Because remember, He said, I've not given you fear. He said, I've given you power, love, and what? A sound mind, controlled thinking, that you can now control your thinking. Why? Not because you're a mind reader, but because you have His power and His love. Power means what? The power He gives you. Love means because of relationship, because now you're His kid. You can take that power, and he's my dad, and you can use those things to change the thoughts that you have. So here's the fourth thing, and I'm almost done tonight. Number four, you've got to realize your weapon, our weapon is his word. What a weapon we have with the word of God. John 8, 32 says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You shall know the truth. You know what the truth is? God's word. That's the only absolute truth in this world is God's word. He says, you shall know the truth, his word, and his word, the truth, will what? Set you free. It makes you free. It's an ongoing process that God is committed to working with you each and every day. Because do I need to tell you, we're not all completely free yet. We've still got struggles, but God's Word every day can work in us, help us, strengthen us, show us who we are in the right way so we can start living out that instead of living out the lie of insecurity and we can break free from those things and start acting like God's kid that He has called us to be. You see, it's the truth you know, the Bible says, that will set you free. If you don't know the truth, you won't have freedom. You've got to read the truth to know the truth. Come on, you've got to read your Bible every day. I'm telling you right now, don't just read it to read it. Let the Bible read you every day. As you read through the Bible every day, take a thought. And if you're struggling with a thought, we'll help you. We have a daily devotion every day that's through the read your Bible in a year. And from that daily passage, we give you a thought. What was it today? We were talking about shock and awe, was it, or something like that? Bringing those thoughts and and just always yesterday or something. But I'm telling you right now, 
You've got to believe that. You've got to know God's Word because, listen to me, God never made a mistake. Think about that. That means God has never done anything wrong because He's never made a mistake. But also, listen to me, God has never made. God has never built. God has never fashioned. God has never formed. God has never created a mistake. God has never made a mistake. You are not a mistake because God is incapable of making a mistake. And you've got to know 1 Peter 2 verse 9. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest. You are a holy nation. What, me? Yeah, you. You are God's very own child. Possession. You're His valued possession. And as a result, you can now show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of darkness into His most marvelous light. Romans 12, 2, we haven't got time, but talks about, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know how you renew your mind? In the Word of God. Knowing what God's Word says about you. Knowing what God's Word speaks over you. Come on. It's not just a one-time thing to renew your mind. And you know why? Because the attack is endless. Let's just be honest. It's not just give my life to Christ and I never have another problem. Problems are lining up for me every day. But as I continually renewing my mind, reminding myself that He is able, come on, we can have assured victory in Jesus. So what are we saying today? If we're going to break free from insecurities, here's what needs to happen. Number one, you've got to know the source. You've got to know the battle. It's a spiritual battle. And the way we overcome is through Christ. So you've got to know your answer. I've got to be in Him. I've got to be in church. I've got to be in a group. I've got to be around other people. Why? Because I've got to walk in that freedom that God has for me. Then you've got to know who you are in Him. Come on, I'm special. I'm not a mistake. I'm not a failure. I'm God's kid and He loves me. And then I've got to speak the Word. They overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of their testimony. You've got to start speaking that word in your life each and every day. Because as I do those things, I'm breaking free from insecurities. Come on, you asked for it. I said you asked for it, so I hope it helped. Hope it helped. Sunday end times. Come on, stand to your feet all over this place right now. like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.